Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Thursday, July 14th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer, we call him McLaughlin, Avery Newport. Happy to have you with us. Getting started about two minutes early today. Big show for you today. Uh, Right now, before we get going, segment one, we'll recap some Legion action. You'll hear from Trip Tobin. We interviewed him after the ball game last night. Then segment two, 12-15, we'll hear from Nevin Kilmer, Little League uh, District 6 Administrator as the state tournament festivities begin this evening in Martinsburg at Oatsdale Park. Games are set for tomorrow. And then at 1230, we'll hear from a friend of the show, Andrew Gillis of NBC Sports Washington, and he covers the Caps. The Caps have made a huge splash in free agency, and it seems like, Colin, they had a plan all along uh, to uh, get their goalkeepers they wanted. Yeah, it was... Uh two goalies signed there yesterday and as you said a pretty big splash and we were waiting around during the show hoping that it was uh gonna happen right away going to happen during the show but right after the show is when it got announced and uh can't wait to hear what uh andrew has to say because i liked the uh signing so i want to see what he thinks as well Yes, and uh, a lot of stuff. They also made a trade yesterday, and uh, the cap situation is interesting there, salary-wise, uh, with players that will go on long t- long-term IR. So at 1230-ish, we'll hear from Andrew Gillis. And then the last segment of the show, haven't really planned out the last segment of the show. We'll probably talk about the Open Championship that's begin today, uh, maybe some other, you know, maybe some breaking news topics that pop up. Uh, but uh, pretty much we've got – the first three parts of the show set and then if we want to talk about something else that pops up maybe a little bit more uh you know derby talk as two guys have now the birds two. on a 10 game winning streak. that as well hottest team in the majors yes uh but let's get into this berkeley post 14 had to rep Hornets. today as i rep most of the time you but did. anyway colin didn't rep today did he yeah, I did. yeah he did, I did. My he's, polo. he's got his bird shirt oh yeah, yeah. but oh, you weren't wearing that hat i commented on yesterday yeah that's the one that i got when i went to uh the game got my hawaiian shirt and uh my dad just looked on his phone since we're season ticket members, and he's like, oh, I have a gift for being a season ticket member. It was that hat that I wore on the show yesterday with the uh, 30th uh, anniversary of Camden Yards patch, and we also got a uh, little jar of dirt from the infield. So All right, let's cool. get on to the show today. Busy show. Excuse me, we'll recap post-14 as they've now won eight straight games getting a 5-3 to three victory over Potomac Valley post-64 last night, a game in which they trailed after the third inning, or excuse me, they led after the third inning, and then uh, Potomac Valley was able to come back in the fourth inning, get two runs to tie the ball game, and then it kind of seemed like we were going to see a classic pitcher's duel, uh, maybe go into extra innings last night, uh, and, uh, but then in the top of the sixth inning, there that post-64 team able to get a run, and then the bottom of the sixth inning, uh, uh, Berkeley post 14 is able to get three runs to go on top five to three. Uh, great, uh, great pitching performance uh, overall for Caleb Edwards. Seemed to have command of his pitches and then able to uh, put that uh, 
in the fifth inning there, able to go one, two, three after giving up two runs in the fourth. Uh, five hits for him, two runs, two earned, one walk, five strikeouts, able to, uh, you know, induce some contact over to uh, his fielders. Trevor Bohr comes in for an inning, one hit, one run. It wasn't earned. Colin Reed, who we haven't seen pitch much this year, came in and had a solid inning in the top of the seventh to close things out and get the save. Uh, two strikeouts, no hits allowed. Um, but overall, you saw the fight of this post-14 team, and it kind of showed that uh, what we saw, um, what we're going to see next week is in that three games best of two or best of three game series against Potomac Valley isn't going to be pure domination and it's going to be a great series and uh, we talked to Trip Tobin after the ball game and here is his interview great ball game for your team and it showed that uh, maybe got a, you know don't get a little too comfortable with the win streak they had a battle for this we had to battle land us through a heck of a game there had us off you know uh, missing some contact but uh, you know today was one of them days where we hit the ball hard a couple of times it was right at people when you have those days that's why you have to be able to um, compete we left the bases um, juice too many times too many, too many guys left on base we didn't get no runs pushed across early and uh, you know I think the second third inning we left the bases loaded and that really hurt but uh, they battled there at the end Jordan Canby came off the bench, made a couple really nice plays. Fantastic play there to start the top yeah. of the seventh inning. That would have been at least a double yeah, and put a guy in scoring position. Came in. Chase was a little off his game tonight and came in, you know, got the go-ahead, um, that, that uh, sacrifice fly there. Then he made some great defensive plays out there, so he's just contributing. Sets over and takes care of that role. Stoudemire and Reed in that DH role. Reed comes in. You know, he hasn't been thrown much and just come in and threw lights out. So another arm we can depend on, maybe not to go deep in games, but certainly to come in and get us out of a jam or close the game for us. So just another uh, another tool in the t- tool chest for us. Speaking of lights out, uh, saw a <laughs> weird foul ball hitting the light up there. Yeah, and the light came back on. But, yeah, it looks like the natural as it blew. I was looking for sparks to go flying, but glass went flying and made a good pop noise. So it was a uh, – See so, new things every day at the ballpark. Yeah, and everything. I'm sure I'm sure Coach Ballard wasn't happy about it. Yeah, Edwards was uh, fantastic out there. And I know Byler, I think, was going to ask you uh, – the reason why uh, you pulled him at one point, but he's already left. So uh, what was the decision there after he looked like struggled at first, but there in the fifth was able to make him go three up, three down, but you still pulled him in the sixth? Yeah, that was kind of his decision. You know, he wanted to go about 75, 80 pitches tonight. Um, you know, so that was kind of kind of his thing. And just starting to get a little jelly-legged out there, and he'd, he'd done his job. And you know, we wanted to get through some adversity. He got through those couple innings, and we had a couple other guys who wanted to get in. But certainly he got a work out there tonight. And it was a little hot, and uh, of course he, he's got job there too so didn't want to didn't want to overstress it there and um and we wanted to see how board could come in and, and do against these guys as well so you know it was pretty much his call we kind of left it on his table he said before the game maybe 75 80 pitches we talked about and he got up there in, in that area and uh, got himself out of a couple jams tonight and he certainly is going to be a, another big tool in our tool belt coming up three up three down in that seventh inning for colin reed a guy who uh, i believe uh, coach byler was saying had an injury there potentially mm-hmm. on his plant leg and he hasn't mm-hmm. you know only pitched nine innings so far this summer, but he's a workhorse for the Patriots this year and uh, came in and showed why he, he's such a great player. Yeah, he's, he's, his knees bothering him a little bit certain days, depending on the workload. We've been dh and him and kind of keeping him off of it, you know, because we certainly use his arm there on the mound. You can see what he, he can do uh, when he's fresh. Um, and uh, and he hits the ball a ton. He got two hits tonight, you know, a big double. We kind of left him out there and then the single. But, um, you know, he, he, he's just a kid. That he's just You can't believe he's only a rising senior. He plays like, you know, he plays at the collegiate level 
those baseball IQs off the marks, and uh, and we've kind of left it up to him. We can't tell, you know, when these guys are sore or hurt or tired or what have you. So they have to tell us, and they've been really honest. You know, Edwards was coming a little bit tired, and uh, you know, from his workload this week and his workouts from his college workouts, and then of course um, Reed said he felt like he could go an inning today, and so we wanted to get him in that closing role. We got the runs. Uh, Bohr got us through the six there, uh, a little bit of trouble there, but an error, or, or he gets out of that one clean. But other than that, we're just happy with the way the guys are contributing up and down the line of 15, 17 guys here tonight. I think 16 of them or 15 of them got in. Myers wasn't quite ready to play tonight. He's a little sore. He could have DH maybe or hit. And then, of course, Broughton had to keep him there as, a, you know, he'll catch the next game off and on. So he caught all day yesterday. But uh, so other than those two that we didn't think would get in tonight, we got the other 15 guys in as well. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you saw this team obviously Sunday, early game, not, you know, they didn't have their whole team there, didn't have their whole team there today. But you got a heck of a game out of them today and it's just going to show that uh, that best of three series is not going to be one that you guys can just overlook. Oh, no way. I mean, you know, Mallow wasn't there Sunday. He's a big difference in their lineup. You know, he could, he's a contributor. He a couple base hits, scored some runs for him. He's probably their MVP today if, if it wasn't for Land, you know, if, if not Landis. And uh, when they come, you know, full force next week on Wednesday and Thursday, we're going to have to be on our A game and we're going to have to, you're going to see, you know, very similar games, I believe. Team get a day off here tomorrow now before going up to uh, yeah. the Morgan town area teams take the day Team's taking a day off tomorrow, and uh, we're going to meet up and head out about 1, 2 o'clock on Friday, uh, taking everybody up but Edwards and uh, Jack and, I believe, Drew West. All three of those guys will be away this weekend doing different things. But the rest of the guys will be there, and, and we'll give everybody um, 30, 40 pitches up there. We won't probably won't throw anybody long so we don't lose them for the tournament. But we'll get a lot of guys some innings, and we'll see some good competition up there in Wheeling and Morgantown. We're just looking forward to it. Thanks for the time, and uh, congrats on eight straight wins for your ball club. Thank you. That will do it for this segment of the sports mix. But uh, this weekend, the final weekend schedule for the post-14 Hornets. They're at Morgantown post-2, Friday night, 7 p.m. Play a doubleheader in Wheeling at Wheeling post-1, Saturday, 12 p.m. And then around 2.30, they'll play Fallsby post-45 to round out the season. And then a best two out of three next Wednesday, Thursday, and maybe Friday at P.O. Faulkner Park against that Potomac Valley Post 64 team. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com. For more on the other side of this break, we're joined by Little League District 6 Administrator Nevin Kilmer as he is the uh, tournament administrator, tournament host for this state tournament that's going to be at Oatsdale Park this weekend. Festivities kick off tonight. We'll hear from him after this two-minute break. You're tuned to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10. Hagerstown Ford continues to be your leader in car sales up and down the I-81 corridor. We will beat any and all competitors' prices. And we've made buying a new car easier than ever with one-day delivery better than Amazon and a return policy better than Walmart. Your satisfaction is our guarantee. If you don't like it, simply return it and we'll come pick it up. No questions asked. Why would you shop anywhere else? At Hagerstown Ford, we take great pride in our community and supporting our local student-athletes. That's why Hagerstown Ford is the official car dealership of Shepard Rams quarterback Tyson Bajant. Our remote buying process has made new car shopping so easy, you'll never even set foot in a dealership. Simply go to HagerstownFord.com and click on the car you want to buy it, or use the Axel Auto app. It's that easy. You can order your new car on any device. Go to HagerstownFord.com and get your new car signed, sealed, and delivered from Hagerstown Ford. 
WVU Medicine is pleased to announce the addition of more healthcare services and physicians at the Shepherdstown Medical Office Building. All of this is right in your backyard. Cardiology, pediatrics and primary care, behavioral medicine and psychiatry, orthopedics and sports medicine, podiatry and foot ankle surgery, Center for Diabetes and Metabolic Health, endocrinology, as well as two departments of Berkeley Medical Center, lab services and x-ray services. Make an appointment today for WVU Medicine Shepherdstown at WVUMedicine.org. Do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco, soda, snacks, cigarettes, or beer run? Well, then you're in luck because Enter and Exit has convenience without the cost. Enter and Exit right off Route 11 is located at 31 Meadow Lane in Martinsburg and soon to be opening in Chambersburg, PA. Enter and Exit is open Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. For great convenience without the cost, stop on into Enter and Exit today. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, we call him McLaughlin, Avery Newport. Happy to have you with us. And uh, we'll be talking a lot. We'll be broadcasting a lot of games, hopefully, over the next, uh, I guess, six days. If you want to count Wednesday, is hoping that we'll be broadcasting a game that day. Uh, that's because the Little League State Tournament is in town. It'll be hosted at Oatsdale Park. And that's because the Little League District 6 was selected to host the uh, the uh, state tournament this year. We're now joined by District 6 Administrator Nevin Kilmer. And I know you've been busy these last few days uh, getting ready for this tournament. How excited are you? Yeah, guys. How, how y'all doing? It's just been... Uh pretty busy the last couple of days actually the last couple of weeks and the last couple of months the uh the volunteers over at the martinsburg little league air Oatesdale working on uh working on getting two fields ready uh last year one was a minor league field and and they've transformed that field over into they probably have two of the most beautiful fields in in in, in the state of west virginia over there today and uh Festivities will start this evening for all teams and their families participating. Uh, there'll be a team picnic and then a home run derby tonight. I know those kids are probably excited to uh, be able to go hit baseballs for fun. Yeah, what we have is uh, uh, at the state tournaments, uh, the host league uh, hosts the picnic. And um, the last numbers I've heard was there's about 500 parents and kids coming for this evening's festivities. Uh, the picnic will begin at 6 o'clock. And then they're going to have a DJ, a dunking booth, uh, some cornhole. Uh, they're going to do uh, a home run, a home run derby, where two players from each team will um, will get to see who the home run king is for the tournament. And um, it, it's just going to be a fun evening. We hope for for all the participants. And we know that a uh, kid from our area there in the Surf Garrow was the uh, champion of that last year. So looking for somebody around here to possibly uh, take the crown and keep the bragging rights in District 6. But I just want to talk about the teams for the entire state tournament and what you've heard uh, for teams that we could possibly uh, watch out for here coming up this weekend and going on into next week. Yeah, it's really hard to judge. Uh, you know, we've heard you know some good things about some teams, and but um, 
it's just hard to judge. I mean, you got the Barbersvilles and 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 you got the Bridgeports and Logan. I mean, uh, you know, they're going to be, I'm sure, competitive. Uh, it's just it's just going you know it's just going to be an all around competitive tournament is what we're hoping for. And by um, by Monday, uh, we'll have some teams weeded out where we'll get into the you know. And into the nuts and bolts of the tournament Monday and Tuesday, you had to get down to the Final Four on Tuesday. Uh, we look for some really good games Monday and Tuesday, actually. Hi, Nevin. This is Avery Newport. Um, the yes, tournament setup this year is a little bit different than it has been in years past. You're um, going back to a format that you used to have. Can you explain the difference between the uh, the current format and the previous format? Yes, yeah, so years ago, we used to have, you know, uh, uh, 14 teams in the tournament. Each, each district uh, put in two teams, uh, the uh, champions and the runner-ups. But what would happen would be um, Martinsburg would draft to Huntington for the tournament and maybe possibly play Hedgesville or Jefferson in the very first game. And uh, so we want to get away from that. So the district administrators in the state, we sat down in October and decided we have to do something a little bit different. So we went with the Mountaineer Division and the Herd Division. And um, when we drawed them out of a hat in October, uh, we, um, we just split them out where they would not be in the same division. So they would not see each other until the final, until the final four. And then, then it, would, um, it would be into single elimination at that time. So it's it just a lot more fun. You get to see a lot more teams, and nobody wants to drive across the state and see somebody play in the same district, you know, that, that you just played in, in, in your own district. And looking at the tournament bracket, it was obviously set uh, after the district tournaments across the state were finished. Uh, you talk about there being a herd and then a mountaineer division. Uh, it all gets going tomorrow, 3 p.m. It'll be a double elimination-style bracket, and uh, – it looks to be a lot of good teams here in uh, in contention, and you have two teams in your district that will be there, and uh, two teams very close proximity to Oatsdale Park. One that plays there. Uh, how has this been for uh, the Martinsburg Little League to uh, get this all ready to go? Because I know you mentioned they put in countless hours. Well, I tell you what, it you nobody would believe the hours that that the volunteers have put in for that field. Uh, they've built they built uh, bullpens. They've moved the outfield fence back a little bit. They've uh, I mean they they sodded the field. They built a new mound on on one of the fields. Uh, it's just tremendous amount of work. And then on top of that, you know you need announcers. We're, we're having 25 games, so they need announcers, scorekeepers, pitch counters, and then uh, you know on my end, you know for 25 games we need 100 umpires. So. You know, some guys are going to double up and do you know do more than one game, but 25 games is 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 huge, and it it's just between Dr. Queen and and Jay Gall and the team out there at Marshall Little League. I cannot speak enough about the work they've done to host this tournament. I'm really proud of them, and um, I'm hoping that uh, we have a good tournament uh, uh, without the rain. And um, and like I say, they'll be selling T-shirts there. You know, we got tournament pins. Uh, it's going to be a real nice atmosphere. We think. I'm going to give you time now, Nevin, to uh, just shout anybody out volunteer-wise that has really helped out there. And I know you probably don't want to miss anybody, but I think you can just uh, probably do the best you can. And they deserve it. And yeah, you deserve the I, thanks as well for uh, doing this. And the volunteers do a great job. So I'll let you add it. 
Yeah, I'm just going to you – know, I know I'm going to miss people because there's a big crew out at Martinsburg that does a lot of work. I mean, we're going to start at the top with Dr. Queen, the president of Martinsburg Little League. He's the one that, that, that sees everything done. And then, you know, you drop on down to Jay Gall uh, and then Bo Bartley and uh, Victor Lupus and uh, Timmy Butts. I, I know I'm forgetting people, but, I mean, there's, there's guys out there morning, noon, and night that are working on those fields. They actually built a batting cage also. So now we have two batting cages. So, I mean, um, it's, it's facilities that'll be, that'll be there, you know, next year, two years, three years down the road. But they've just done so much work to those fields, and Martinsburg should be proud of those, you know, of, um, of what's been done out there. Um, I mean, I have staff members also, you know, like, my, like Dave Boyd is my umpire consultant. He actually sits down and, and assigns umpires for every single Little League tournament game that we've had since June the 17th. So, I mean, and, and uh, uh, I have assistants that run tournaments also, but, you know, with Donnie Grubb. But, uh, you know, the hard work guys are the ones at Martinsburg and, and, and all these other fields that, that get the fields ready, line the fields in between games, and uh, they're, just, they're the ones doing all the work. Nevin, how do you think this tournament being hosted here will uh, economically impact the Martinsburg area? We were talking to Mayor Kevin Knowles last night, who was up in the booth for the uh, Legion game that we were broadcasting, and he said that he was really excited to see the economic impact of the tournament being hosted here. So what are you anticipating that will be like? So I can tell you up front that I got an umpire crew coming in from up in Elkins area, uh, the District 8 umpire crew, there's four of those guys. And, of course, they tried to find a room last night, and they checked every motel in Martinsburg and could not find a room. And uh, I even sent them to Charlestown. Their rooms are booked down there. So we ended up finally getting some rooms over in Hagerstown. But I can tell you that, that the rooms are packed solid. And, and I've even had some teams actually mention about what to do, or, you know, maybe if they have a day off, you know, they're planning on headed to Harpers Ferry, um, you know, they talked about maybe going to an Orioles game or, or, or Nationals game if they have a day off. A lot of those kids have never been up to this area. They have no idea, you know, what, what the Eastern Pain Handle offers in Martinsburg. Um, and, um, you know, I can just tell you that I was at the Senior League State Tournament this past weekend, and uh, one of the coaches said, you know, what's been so exciting is our six – you all have a six-lane highway. And I thought – yeah, I thought to myself, yeah, we do, you know, but it's not fun to drive on, but we do have a six-lane highway. But, um, you know, these kids come into our area, you know, to see to see the growth up here, you know, with Procter & Gamble, Clorox and stuff, and even just going to Harpers Ferry and Antietam and Sharpsburg, um, you know, they it's going to be something that they'll remember the rest of their lives. Nevin Kilmer, our guest, Little League District 6 Administrator, the host of the uh, Little League State Tournament here for the 10 to 12 year olds. Thanks for the time, and we'll see you over the next week or so. Yes, sir. We appreciate you all doing the coverage, and we'll see you out the field. All right. We will again have that coverage for you. Thank you, Nevin, for joining us. We'll uh, get going. We'll be covering the Jefferson and Martinsburg teams as far as they go, as best as we can. Uh, it's going to be hard some points, depending on the way the brackets line up. They kind of are in opposite brackets, but the way that they line up, that they may actually play at the same time. So uh, we will do our best to try to cover both teams. But again, thanks to Nevin and everybody in the District 6, or everybody helping with this state tournament here in the District 6. 
because I know how much uh, work it takes to do that and the long countless hours the Martinsburg Little League has put in to get ready their fields for this tournament. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. We come back after this break. We'll be joined by NBC Sports Washington Caps reporter Andrew Gillis. He'll break down the fury of moves the Caps made yesterday as free agency opened and a trade as well. That's it after this two-minute break. Segment sponsored in part by Orsini's Home Store. Not so supply store anymore. Cabinets and designer bedding. Outdoor living is family-owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. Go to Orsini's.com for more. This is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. When you're looking for the perfect gift, look no further than L.A. Roberts Jewelers at 146 North Queen Street in downtown Martinsburg. Choose from a huge selection of unique items from the finest diamonds that make your eyes sparkle to exquisite timepieces, figurines, and collectibles. Buying from L.A. Roberts Jewelers means that you've made the decision to do business with people who've excelled in the industry for more than 100 years. They'll be here tomorrow when you need them, and if you need your jewelry or your watch repaired, they'll do that too. L.A. Roberts in downtown Martinsburg. Old world jewelers for a new age. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. It's the return of Star Wars Day. Get here in less than 12 parsecs on Saturday, July 16th to make sure you have a Juan Solo bobblehead to smuggle home. There's fun for every princess and scruffy-looking nerf herder all over the ballpark, not so far away. So show up and dress up for Star Wars Day. Get tickets in your tractor beam now at nationals.com slash tickets. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix. And whenever I hear this song calling, I can't not think of the Capitals. It was like they played it at the the parade or something when Mm -hmm. they won the Stanley Cup, and it's like always been in my head as a cap song. Because uh, they waited so long for that uh, to get that Stanley Cup. Uh, but we're welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix. Nick on vacation this week. He'll be back next Monday, though. Uh, Colin filling or Avery filling in Colin here as always. And we'll now welcome to the program the NBC Sports Washington Capitals reporter Andrew Gillis as the Capitals have made a fury of moves and uh, they addressed that goaltender need right away, Andrew. Yeah, um, you know, I think that everybody kind of anticipated that that was going to be the kind of the first domino to fall for for Washington. Really, I mean, if you if you watch them play in the last you know two or so years, it, it was really just kind of a revolving door where it, it almost kind of seemed like you know one day they had you know one guy in mind as okay, you know this is going to be the guy to take the reins, and then the next day it was the other guy, and you know I think that you know sometimes that gets old, and, and I think that. 
you know, you have two young goalies and they were waiting on one of them to kind of, you know, take the reins and be the guy. And neither one of them could do that. And when both of them are in contract years, Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov, that just makes it really, really hard to try and, you know, extend those guys and, and kind of get any certainty out of it. Uh, so they traded Vitek Vanacek at the draft. Uh, they opted not to uh, extend a qualifying offer to Ilya Samsonov, which sent him into free agency. And then that, uh, that pretty much left the door wide open for Darcy Kemper. Uh, you know, the Colorado Avalanche, they were, they were in a bit of a cap crunch, so they traded for Alexander Yorgiev from uh, the New York Rangers. And that put Kemper on the market, and, and it kind of felt like, you know, a couple of days out that that, that was going to be the match. And, and I think the Caps are getting a good one with Kemper. You know, you're getting a guy who obviously just won a, Stan, uh, excuse me, a Stanley Cup. You're getting a guy who, you know, has posted 920 or better save percentages for three of the last four years. So you're getting a guy who I think you're really going to rely on to be a number one. And then even his backup, too. You know, Charlie Lindgren, you sign him to a three-year deal. That's not nothing. You know, that that is not a come in and see what you can do. So, you know, they're adding a guy who hasn't had a lot of NHL experience, but his uh, there's a lot of upside there. So, you know, their goaltending has really kind of revamped itself, in my opinion, here in these last, you know, I guess 96 hours or so. It, it's been kind of a whirlwind for him in that. Andrew, Colin here. Everybody likes uh, putting grades on things in situations like these, especially during off-season times. What would you say right now the grade is for the Capitals uh, so far here? Um, you know, that's a tough question. Um, you know, I, I would probably say a B. I think a B is fair. Um, you know, you didn't go out and you didn't sign. You know, you didn't get one of the big. I mean, maybe not. At least not yet. Uh, you didn't get one of the big fish. You know, you didn't bring in, you know, a, you know, a big-time trade or a big-time guy who, who is going to make an impact right away. Um, but in terms of free agency, um, you know, I, I think a B is fine because I think, when, you know, I, I really like the Kemper contract, five years, $5.25 million a year. You know, I, you, you see a guy win the Stanley Cup and you start to think, you know, oh, man, you know, he's, he's 32 years old. You know, maybe this deal is going to get six years, six and a half million. You start to kind of run wild a little bit with some projections in your mind. So, you know, I think they got Kemper at a good deal. Uh, I really like the Connor Brown trade. You only trade a 2024 second round pick for a guy who's going to play in your top nine and really can play on the first, second, or third line. So you're you're talking about a guy there who just he's a little bit like Connor Sherry in the way that. You know, he's just all effort all the time, and I really like that move. So, you know, they didn't do anything anything outlandish, anything to make you say, whoa, you know, that's that's a great move. You know, but they, they I think they hit a lot of singles, and I think that, um, you know, for a day like yesterday with kind of how many holes they needed to fill, I think it was a pretty successful day. Hi, Andrew. This is Avery Newport. Um, how do you think these recent deals, especially the Darcy Kemper deal, affects the Caps cap situation. I know you kind of touched on it there briefly, but um, the Caps kind of have a, a confusing situation here. Could you kind of explain how these deals affect their cap moving forward? Yeah, so, uh, you know, actually, um, I've, I've been trying to figure this out for the last, I guess you could say, 24 hours. Every time they add a move, okay, every time they add a player, okay, what does this mean? How, how does this affect the cap? So, Right now, in a typical NHL offseason, you can just kind of say, okay, you know, let's add all of these annual average values or AAVs up and, you know, 
that's that's the cap hit. That that's what we're working with for for the roster. But the Capitals are in a unique spot because Carl Hagelin is is trying to come back from a from a pretty nasty eye injury, and he's got a cap hit of two point seven five million dollars. And I don't think anybody really knows what his status is moving forward. Um, obviously, Tom Wilson, you know, he had the knee injury in the playoffs. They're going to expect him back somewhere, I would say, between like the very, very last days of November and into January. So you get kind of that, that couple of month time frame there. Um, but he's got a cap hit of 5.16. And then Nicholas Backstrom is kind of the weird one because he's recovering from a hip injury um, and hip resurfacing surgery. And he's got a cap hit of 9.2. So basically what all this means is you've got to account for some of those guys returning in the regular season. So you've got to make sure that you have the you have the money cleared for them. So right now, if, as I kind of lay it out, they're they're probably going to be over the cap. But with those injured guys, you can stash them on long-term injured reserve, where their salary caps do not count against the cap. You still ought to pay them, but the cap hit doesn't count. So there's a lot of moving parts here for the caps this offseason. It's just going to be kind of one of those things that you're not going to really know what they're doing up until uh, the day that they have to set the opening night lineup. And a couple more moves were made. They lose Justin Schultz in free agency, but they gain a guy that has a recognizable last name in Eric Gustafson, but he hasn't really done much. They get him on a friendly deal to see what he can do for one year. Yeah, you know, I, I think with with losing Schultz, they were looking for a guy with some offensive upside because last year they played Trevor Van Riemsdyk, who was a right-handed shot on the left side. Um, so now you add Gustafson on the left, you can move Trevor Van Riemsdyk over to his more natural right side, and you you do that pretty cheap. Um, you're, Justin Schultz was making, I think, $4 million last year. You know, now you add Gustafson at 1.1, 1. 1, so you, you're saving some coin there. Um, you know, he, he leaves uh, leaves Chicago, he, you know, pretty decent offensive player. Uh, the Caps seem to like his, his upside. Uh, Brian McClellan kind of quipped that, you know, the forwards are really going to like him just because of how much he puts pucks on net. So um, the, the defense is, is, didn't really need a major overhaul, in my opinion. But, you know, I think that, uh, I think that the Gustafson tr- uh, signing, at least, was a, uh, was a nice little move that they, uh, that they made to kind of, you know, impact the offensive side on their uh, defensive pairings. Capitals also have uh, decided a couple guys that they didn't want to re-sign. We already mentioned the uh, two goalkeepers trading one as well. But somebody they did uh, re-sign is Johansson. What do you uh, like or maybe not like about that uh, re-signing? Yeah, to to me that that just screamed insurance because you know we we talked about the guys that are out. I mean Carl Hagelin, Tom Wilson, and Nicholas Backstrom. Um, you know, Tom Wilson, that's, that is no, you know, that is no small loss. And Nicholas Backstrom is no small loss up the middle. So to me, you needed guys that could play, but kind of play anywhere. Like Connor Brown, like um, I mentioned that trade, he can play in the top nine anywhere. And I think Marcus Johansson kind of fits the same mold. You know what he is. I think he came in and kind of struggled a little bit after they acquired him at the deadline. And he played better as the year went along, in my opinion. So I, I think that what they did there was they added a guy who they know what he is. They know that they needed NHL players, truthfully, up until some of their guys get healthy. And now you get a guy who, you know, you know who he is. You know he can play left, left wing, center, or right wing. Um, you can kind of move him all over the lineup. So to me, that was a, 
you know, here's a guy who it's almost like signing a utility infielder in baseball. You know, we, we got a guy who we know is an NHL player and we'll kind of figure out where he fits later on. Andrew, do you think the Caps are done making moves so far or do they have more plans? Are there any players as far as you know that they have their eye on? You know, I, I remember yesterday, um, it, it was funny, uh, Brian McClellan did his press conference, I think at 5 o'clock, and then as soon as we walked away, uh, they there was a reported signing, and then, uh, you know, like an hour later, they traded for Connor Brown, and like an hour later, they re-signed Marcus Johansson, so you never know if they're done, um, you never know um, what's going to present itself. Um, you know, McClellan said yesterday before all their forward signings and trades that, uh, you know, they were kind of reevaluating um, their forward group, um, which they certainly did. Um, so maybe that's it. Maybe they're done. Um, I, the, the, move, the move to me, if you're going to make a move, would be up the middle. See, the, But the problem there is that you're going to have to move out Lars Eller if you want to make a move up the middle. So, if you're going to add a center, um, and there are a few centers, you know, notable centers still on the market, still in free agency market, the trade market, um, I think that that would be the way to go. I, I would bet against it at this point. I think the Capitals kind of are what they are um, in terms of what the roster is going to look like, in terms of what the lineup is going to look like. But again, like I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be totally stunned if uh, if they add something, um, and if that something particularly is uh, is at the center position. Final question here. What's your outlook for the Caps, you know, after day one of free agency and where, what they're looking like going into the season? Obviously, you have some injuries there that are going to, you know, shell some big guys out until midseason. Uh, but what's the kind of the prospect situation looking like where those guys uh, that may come up and may make a big splash on this team when they have the availability to? Yeah, uh, some of the pros. So I think, you know, the team is pretty high on Lucas Johansson. Um, you know, he was a first-round pick in, I think, 2016. And he just – he never was able to kind of put it together for injuries and, you know, for, for a couple other things. And he just never was able to put together a full season. And last year in Hershey, he played pretty well. So I think they kind of view him as that seventh defender um, on the lineup this year. Um, Alex Alexiev is recovering from shoulder surgery, so I would expect him to get some NHL games at some point this year. Um, but then he, you're really not talking about any high-end prospects to me uh, that are going to play this season. I mean, you're talking about Alexi Protoss, uh, you know, Brett Leeson, but those kind of those are kind of you know third, fourth line guys to me. Um, Hendrix Lapierre sounds like he's going to play in Hershey, although he's certainly going to be given the chance to uh, to make the lineup in Washington. Um, so, you know, they, they don't exactly have a full stock covered in terms of prospects um, and, and in terms of high-end prospects, that is. So it's going to be an interesting year. Um, I think that if, uh, you know, if, if things kind of break right with the guys that they have, they're going to be a playoff team. But, I mean, sheesh, you look all over the, uh, the Eastern Conference and especially the Metro, teams are making moves. Um, you know, the Blue Jackets add Goudreau and, you know, the Rangers are always busy, and the Penguins got the band back together. It's going to be a really, really competitive conference, way more than it was last year. So I think the Capitals are going to be kind of in a dogfight from, from start to finish, and they're going to need pretty much everybody they can get. Andrew Gillis, NBC Sports, Washington Capitals and Wizards reporter. Thanks for the time, as always, and hope you're well. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. 
That was Andrew Gillis, NBC Sports Washington. You can follow him on Twitter at Andrew underscore Gillis 70. He'll keep you updated on all things Caps and Wizards. And uh, it's you know pretty cool to have a guy, friend of the show, I guess, by now. He's been on six or seven times to uh, talk Caps and Wizards uh, almost whenever we need it. As long as they make it out of the first round of the playoffs, I'm happy. <laughs> That's always going to be progress. the We need progress. Hey, I think they made progress. I, really, I do too. I, I really I liked yesterday. Liked, I liked yesterday. I liked that they went out and attacked it within the first day, the goaltender situation. Yes. Hey, and didn't I call it too? I sent you that you post did, on Instagram. But you didn't really that call it. It was already called by this guy. True, but I gotta I, give up to, to that guy, whoever it was. Sent it to you, and I was like, "Hey, this could potentially." You happen. said, "What are your thoughts?" And yeah. then I was really confused about it because I was like, "Do they really want to sign somebody older than 30? I mean, he did just get a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I was about to say, he's a Stanley Cup winning goalie. That's a, you know, that's not bad. I would spend money for that, right? Yeah, Yeah. but as a Caps fan, I'm definitely pleased that they uh, decided not to re-sign any of the two goaltenders they had because they were just too inconsistent. Just too inconsistent. And I think, obviously, Eric Eric Gustafson is definitely kind of a guy that uh, you're taking that chance on for one year to see what he can do because he was at one point a, a highly uh, well-respected guy in the league as you know a top top defense top offensive defenseman uh, but now he's kind of I believe playing his fifth team in the last six years or something along those lines and, and you know I liked them getting Mojo back uh, I liked that trade last year when they traded to get him back. Uh, they did lose Johan Larson, who they was also a midseason trade pickup. He signed with the Penguins, and uh, you know that's just kind of the roundup on the Caps right now. But uh, definitely the beginning of the year, there's going to be some growing pains until you get potentially Backstrom and Wilson back. Yeah, and I liked uh, that Andrew mentioned uh, LaPierre there at the end uh, when we just talked with him. I was watching some. Uh, film yesterday just on the uh practices and everything going on for the caps and the he developmental looked, camp right yeah now. the developmental camp thank you and he looked really good in the three on threes yesterday so i'm looking forward to seeing him uh as he said probably starting the ahl there with hershey but i would not be surprised if he gets a good amount of time with the caps i would not be either and that'll do it for this segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by parsons ford kent parsons ford in martinsburg they became number one by making you number one first go to parsonsford.com for more we'll wrap things up after this two minute break on today's edition of the sports mix on talk radio wrnr and tv 10 With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest-growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Larry DeMarco team at Modern Realty Results believes buying a new home requires a dedicated team that cares about your needs and concerns. Our experienced team is from the area and we care about this community because it is our home as well. Whether it's a $30,000 home or a $3 million home, we will be hands-on and invested throughout the entire process. Thinking of buying or selling in West Virginia? We've got the tri-state area covered.
The South Morgan Volunteer Fire Department Carnival is August the 30th through September the 3rd this year with free admission. Enjoy the fun of this year's carnival with an amazing selection of rides, live music from great local artists, live auctions, contests, and the usual assortment of mouth-watering delicious food. Discounted ride wristbands and ride and food voucher combos are available in advance. The carnival is located at 10166 Winchester Grade Road in beautiful Berkeley Springs. Find out more about this fun event at firemanscarnival.com. That's firemanscarnival.com. For the first time ever on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, we'll have the thrilling action of the Little League Baseball State Tournament. Hit on the ground. Spears to Hefner and Jefferson is headed back to the state tournament. Join us July 15th through the 20th for our coverage of the area teams live from Oatsdale Park, right here on your Eastern Panhandle Sports Leader, 106.5 FM, AM 740, and Comcast Channel 10. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR, 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. To let this song play on. It's a good song. Yeah, this is. Very this is, good this is classic nice rock little, song. Yeah, a little change of pace here. I like yeah. it. Uh, segment sponsored in part by Mary, the Mary's Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Spencer Dupuy, Colin McLaughlin, Avery Newport, happy to have you with us for this final segment of the July 14th edition of the Sports Mix a few things to talk about here in this final 10 minutes or so of the show today. Uh, last night, Nats uh, got swept in a doubleheader, but were more competitive in game two of that. I believe they lost 2-1. Um, yeah, so no had the solo shot in the ninth. Yeah, but the, they, it. they did come back. Was it 2-1 or was – am I remembering this correctly? I think it was 2-1. Game I one, was two I think one. it was game one six, was 4 five, Oh, I thought it was 5-3. it was 6-4. Game one. Let me pull this up. I thought it was five three. Uh, they lost six to four. Okay. Yeah, Soto, I believe, hit a three run, run shot in the ninth, yeah. and then he hit another one later. They lost two one in that game. Uh, but between games, uh, they made a roster move, and this was a big roster move, and it's big. It's really big, telling because you immediately go to the sixty day, and that's a bad sign. Uh, usually, at this point in the season, means you're done for the year. Uh, that is, did. they placed closer Tanner Rainey on the 68-day IL with a strain sprain of his right UCL. That's, yeah, that's, that's typically that's the bad baseball injury. Yeah, that, that leads to Tommy John for the most part. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, have not heard anything about that. An update since maybe they're going to go get an MRI or something. We'll probably hear before tomorrow's show. Uh, he last pitched in a game on Sunday where he threw two scoreless innings in the extra innings loss to the Braves. But they Nats made an interesting move yesterday. You know they're at this point in the season where they're done. They're obviously done for the year. They're not. They're not in contention for anything. Um, and if they want to be the the worst team in the league, it doesn't help them anymore because the new CBA uh, puts a draft lottery system in for the t- the bottom three teams for the first, second, and third picks. So it doesn't mean anything if they're going to be the last team in the uh, in in MLB rankings-wise at the end of the season. But they did bring back an old fan favorite who they signed this offseason 
who's trying to you know kind of finish out his career on a high note. Uh, that's a guy that was with them from the uh, real beginnings of when they were starting to become the 2012, the, the period of nationals that would go on to win the World Series in 2019. Uh, that being their former closer, Tyler Clippard, who they uh, kind of picked up when they first got him in, I believe, 2009 or 2010, as he was a guy that was in the Yankees organization that they were hoping to be a top-end-of-the-rotation starter who didn't really pan out for them, that being Tyler Clippard. And he they, he signed a minor league deal with the, the Nats this offseason. And when you put a guy on the 60-day DL, that means you can add a roster spot. So they selected his contract yesterday. Uh, he had a four-and-run record with a 2.48 ERA, 49 strikeouts in Rochester, over 38 in a third innings. Um, he has a career uh, record of 56-48, 74 saves, a 3.13 ERA. Uh, he was a two-time All-Star for the Nats. Uh, you know, some some people can say, why are you bringing up old guys? You should bring up young guys. But I think at this point you want those young guys to stay in the minors and, you know, get their confidence up and move up the minor league system. Uh, I don't know. I think there it that kind of goes both ways. I think, you know, more time in the minors is probably not a bad thing. But also, if I'm a fan of a bad team, I would rather have my prospects come up and, and get more experience against major league pitching and major league hitting because, you know, like you said, Spencer, this is essentially a lost year for the Nats. You know, they don't really have much to play for at this point. So you might as well bring the the young guys up and see what they can do and give them that extra experience against major leaguers because, you know, you never know. That experience could help them down the line in a couple of years if they're ready to compete again. So, you know, I, I as an Orioles fan, that's what I want to see from the Orioles. That's what I've wanted to see for the last couple of years. And uh, it's paying off, finally. I mean, this is, you know, we'll uh, uh, talk about the Birds here quickly because they're on a 10-game winning streak. They're the hottest team in the majors. I don't know. I believe Along with the Mariners. 1A, 1A and 1B are the Orioles and Mariners. True, but they're both on a 10-game streak, so you got to talk about them both. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's fun. It's fun watching this team finally win for the first time you know in in a long time and they've years yeah i mean they're they're playing really well austin hayes went four for five last night when the birds beat the cubs seven one in chicago um santander had a homer i think too so yeah they're just they're looking really good they're a game over 500 for the first time in what five years i guess my only gripe with this this before colin gets in his opinion is you're just in such a hard division. Yes. Yeah. Like, so does getting over 500, this 10-game win streak, it, at the end of the season, it's probably going to be all for nothing. Look, take what you can get, mm, maybe, man. Maybe You know what? It's... I'm just I'm happy with the little victories right now. Because those take bottom it. three teams that you got to compete with are the same ones that you're competing with for the wild card. So yeah, but they've got a lot of games against nothing. them coming up. That's true. And Toronto, they did fire their a... manager, but they did get a victory last night. The best one out of... Obviously, the AL East being the Yankees, you've played a lot already, so you won't have to see them as much at the end of the All-Star break. It's going to be the teams that you are competing with, so that hopefully will help a little bit if you truly want to be competitive to go for a playoff shot this year. And I like that it's with the young guys, and I agree that I think that's what the Nationals should be doing is bringing up young guys instead of these old veterans like uh you mentioned rainy and even today with uh sanchez being the starting pitcher coming back today yeah anibal sanchez will pitch the game for the nats tonight 
Uh, it'll just be interesting to see where the Orioles go. And I mean, it's it's a 162 game season. You're over halfway. You're going to hit the All Star break here soon. You can't keep up that pace for the rest of the season. That's the problem. True. No, obviously, but, you can't win them all. But yeah, but I I think just it's, but it's as, still going to be hard to keep up a pace of even if you you know you're you're going to win however many games in a row you're going to win. But even to keep the pace of a of any ten games to go seven and three, that is still hard. True, yes. but I, I saw for the last two months of the season. I saw a stat recently that said it took the Orioles like 150 games or something uh, last year to reach 44 wins. Yeah, and it, it took them 90 that just or means whatever. Getting this better year. as an organization, something, and that's like what to you see. like to see. Yeah, I mean, so. I think like personally, my opinion on it is I don't really care if they make the playoffs this year or not because I think they've completely uh, over exceeded their expectations yes. already. Reaching you know a over 500 mark before the All Star break is something that I never dreamed would happen this season. So the fact that they're even there at this point is worth celebrating to me. And that's why we are. Yeah. And we continue to do so. You know, and at the end of the season, it's whatever. If they cool down and they fall out of the playoff race, I don't really care because no one expected them to be in that position anyway. The fact that they're here right now is, I think, something that we should uh, we should celebrate. Definitely, and uh, you know I've been there as a Nats fan, so happy for you guys in your fandom to finally see some wins. Uh, before we end today's show, seven of eight spots have been confirmed in in next week's home run derby. Uh, you got Juan Soto, Robert Acuna Jr., Julio Rodriguez. Ronald Acuna Jr. That's what I said. Ronald Acuna. You said Robert. Well, oh. I, I said Ronald. Uh, I thought he did. Oh, but maybe I misheard. Okay. My bad. We don't have much time. Let him finish. True. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So to, from top to bottom on this list of who started first, Pete Alonzo, Albert Pujols, Kyle Schwarber, Robert Acuna Jr., Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, Jose Ramirez. One more spot still available. It's going to be a hometown guy. I like it's Rodriguez, the, the rookie for the Mariners. Uh, maybe Otani again. I don't know. Trout is out with a back injury, so I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't think it's going to be either of those guys. Uh, I, you always have a hometown guy. Oh, yeah, Dodger. And You're it right. has to go with a Dodger. Not Freddie Freeman. We know that for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Heard from Trip Tobin last night. We played that interview back today. Then the District 6 Administrator for Little League Tournament is uh, Nevin Kilmer. He was on the show, and uh, they're doing a great job there to get that ready to get put on. And then we heard from NBC Sports Washington reporter Andrew Gillis. That'll do it for today's edition of the Sports Mix. For Avery Newport, Colin McLaughlin, I'm Spencer Priest saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 12.08.